Welcome to the Great Start Podcast, a podcast that brings you up to speed with the matters Formula One. So sit in your cockpits, rev your engines, and let's go. Welcome to the Great Start Podcast. After an amazing, amazing session in Jeddah, I am back again, your local F1 guy, Yanni Brian Kibet. <laughs> I am back again uh, with you guys in the podcast to bring you up to speed with what went down in Jeddah. My, oh my, wasn't it a crazy race? And courtesy of that, we have quite an episode ahead of us for today. You know, uh, when we try and get um, just a review, a brief review of what went down in the crazy, crazy Jeddah Grand Prix. And um, yeah, what are some of our thoughts and uh, um, ideas of what went down in Jeddah and what will be going down in Abu Dhabi? So if at all um, you listen to you listen to the episode halfway or anything of that sort, of which I know most of my listeners don't. Thank you so much. Um, yes, this is an episode you got to finish. More especially if you intend on making a prediction uh, about the championships that are going on with Lewis and Verstappen holding similar points and them going to the last race of the season, then this is definitely a podcast you should listen to the end. But uh, first things first, we want to analyze the gender track. Oh my God, is I call it the crazy, crazy track. One reason, first reason why I call it the crazy, crazy track is because of the time span it took to build the, the, the track. I mean, they started building the track in March, I think, March of this year. And they were done two weeks to the Jeddah Grand Prix. So when we were in Mexico, that is when they were actually finishing the, the stage, the, the race track. So that is the first reason why I call it a crazy, crazy track. Second reason why I call it the crazy, crazy track is because it's a, it is the um, fastest street circuit on the F1 calendar as we speak. So the fastest street track. That's a little bit of a tongue tire there. <laughs> the fastest street start circuits in the Formula One Grand Prix calendar as we speak. And my oh my is it fast. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's unreasonably fast. Um, I was actually looking at the helmet cams for the drivers there yeah, during the qualifying and you know, you can see the number of blind spots these drivers are driving into at 180 kilometers per hour. You can't see what's happening in front of you, but you are steadily driving at that pace, going, you know, going for it, absolutely. Of which, um, yeah, for the drivers, they may not feel it at that moment because they are in the heat of the moment. But for us, for Milan fans who are watching it at that time, you know, your heart is clenching, your your blood is pumping, yeah? You understand the fact that if anything goes wrong, it could go seriously, seriously wrong. And we got to see that even in the Formula 2 sprint race, yeah? When we had Enzo Fittipaldi and Theo Pocher, yeah? Crash out, and they had quite a big shunt, but we are really glad to hear that Enzo Fittipaldi is doing very well. Um, you know, his, his treatment, he broke his ankle, but he's doing well. 
But still, it just shows the amount of risk these drivers take whenever they are going to the car, the amount of risk that this new truck has brought about. And, you know, we had multiple red flags even in the Formula One series. So I think, I personally think that um, if at all, if at all we are to go to that crazy, crazy track again, of which I do hope we get to go there the next season, there must, there must be some changes that come about. Yeah, Some things have to change about the track. Um, they need to make some corners visible or find a way to make some corners visible. And you know, it's not like, it's not like Baku, where you know you have a lot of right and left uh, concurrently where you're making a right and a left turn and a right and a left turn. No, this is like a continuous long left where you can't see anything. You cannot see anything that is happening, you know. So really, um, we really, uh, I do hope, I really do hope that they get to fix up the track before we get into the next season which is next year and uh, fix up all those small, small issues that they have. I do understand that there's no race that's been held there also as well. So we really can't blame them for why they did not test the truck and all. Really, these matters are usually tested on ground at that specific moment. So if there's no race that's been held, they have no history to base their repairs on and findings and things like those. Yeah. So hopefully they'll get to change the track. Hopefully they'll get to fix it up and, um, you know, just repair it and make it better, make it much more reasonable than it is right now. We saw the number of shunts that happened. We had two race, two red flags, two red flags in a race. And I'm sure we had the capability of having three. If we had more drivers, yeah, if we had more drivers still within it, we would have had probably three or four red flags. But um, all in all, all in all, what I'm just saying is we do hope that the FIA takes into consideration some of the findings that they do find after this Grand Prix and some of the recommendations from the drivers. Because, you know, we we can't also really um, say that it's the FIA only. Uh, but even the driver's feedback really counts in such situations because they're the ones on track. They're the ones who get to understand and know what is happening or what is happening on the ground. How are things on the ground? How are things? How are things doing at the grassroots, on the grassroots level? Yeah. So pretty much they need to change the track. They need to upgrade the track. Hopefully they will fix it before the time uh, next um the next race next year. And who knows? Who knows? We might be lucky enough to find ourselves um having a very interesting race next year, and I do hope that gets to happen. Yeah. So straight from the crazy track, we go on to analyze the crazy race that we had in Jeddah. Oh my, it, 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 it was one of the fastest paced races I've seen. Um, it's also one of the most heart-clenching races I've been As I saw them even start, I'm even, I was very shocked that there was no shunt in the first lap. You know, the first lap went very, very well without any anyone crashing into each other. We had some breaks locking up here and there, here and there, yes. But really, we did not see um, we did not see a crazy accident like everyone was expecting to see. Yeah, so it was really, really fast-paced. We saw Hamilton get a very, very good start from the start. Um, but then we had a couple of issues as we approached the first turn. 
where we saw um, Verstappen get off track and come on track uh, again. And it was just a whole issue before the first accident that makes Shubeka had that red flagged the race. Yeah, it's a track that requires a lot, a lot, a lot of grip. It demands a lot from the tires because, you know, it, it's a fast track with very, very many tight bends, tight, fast bends. So really, it all comes down to the tires and how your tires grip down on the track. So it is a track that requires a lot, a lot of grip. We did see... Um, Shoemaker crash due to a loss of grip. His left rear tire did not have grip, which caused him to crash um, into the barriers. And Leclerc had a similar accident in, I think it was FP2, uh, the first practice too. You know, so really, it's a track that requires a lot of grip on the tires and demands a lot from the tires. Apart from that, it's also really, really fast track uh, with crazy, crazy corners. You know. But we did have a very eventful race, a very, very eventful race with virtual safety cars, actual safety cars and two red flags. Um, and to just break it down to someone who did not watch the race, basically we had quite, quite, quite a hectic race. Um, Verstappen initially looked at like he had the upper hand at, from the start of the race. Uh, then Hamilton came about with the pace and within the first corner hamilton took lead you know then um what happened now next after that is after shoemaker's crash now that's when everything started you know crumbling i feel like it started crumbling on verstappen's side really after the after the shoemaker crash because he now noticed that most of the times um even as we approached that first turn that first turn is where most of the um, drama was happening because it's a it's it's a hairpin two hairpin turns uh, consequentially so uh, sequentially rather yeah so you start the first hair a, a very hard le left hairpin turn and another right hairpin turn later yeah so for anyone who's going on the outside part of the track at that specific moment you will be struggling. There is absolutely no way that you can get an advantage from going outside without going off track. Yeah. We did notice it with a couple of people. We noticed it with Verstappen. Once uh, when Verstappen um, went on the outside and got an advantage over Lewis and got to be P1. We also noticed with Esteban Ocon after the, the race start. After the, I think it was the second um, the second uh, red flag, where he also went on the outside and gained an undue advantage. However much he was not penalized, but still, regardless of the situation, it is very hard to make such a turn, you know? So really there was a lot that was happening there. But I think the highlight of the race and what really came out of the race is some of the decisions that the drivers made on the spot while they were driving and some of the decisions that came to be passed by the FIA and the stewards concerning um, the Max Verstappen and the Lewis Hamilton uh, race kit. Yeah. So already, um, I am, you do know, uh, if you do listen to this podcast, you really do know that I am a diehard Red Bull fan. And 
if you didn't know, you can also follow our Discord community. The link is on this podcast description. And you will see how much of a Red Bull fan I am in our Discord community. Also follow me on Instagram at underscore kibet underscore ketel to understand why I do follow Marx's theories and Marx's, uh, I love Marx's style and uh, all those. So for all matters formula one, you can follow me on my Instagram at underscore kibet underscore ketel. You can also follow our Discord community at the Great Start Podcast server. The link will be on this podcast description. And join us in the community. So, as I was saying, um, I am a Red Bull fan. I am a diehard Red Bull fan. Yeah. And I, on actual race day, after the whole drama of Hamilton and Verst- Verst- Hamilton driving into Verstappen and everyone thinking that the championship is now over now that they have driven into each other, is that Verstappen's racing standards were down. Yeah. Now, on my Instagram, that's why I'm telling you to follow me, guys. On my Instagram, I actually said that, um, I actually insisted, there's a point that I actually insisted that it's not Max's driving standards, rather, it is how both these drivers are handling their, the pressure of the race and the pressure of the championship and how the championship is coming about. So think about it. We are having, this was my first um, notion, this was my first idea. We are having a driver here who has never raced, who has, okay, not never raced rather, but who has never won a championship. Yeah. This His first year doing this well and holding up to a seven-year uh, title holder, a seven-year championship holder, seven times, you know, seven seasons. The good, the greatest of all times, yeah. Even me as a Verstappen fan, at times I just have to raise my hands and say, hey, you know what? Um, yeah, you're good. You're really good. Yeah, at times that has to happen. But, um, you know, how these drivers handle the championship will be different. Obviously, we'll have a much more mature approach from um, the drivers like Lewis Hamilton since he has... Um, been in a situation where he could, you know, do better and understand the track better, but then and not really understand the track better, but understand the pressure of the championship. Yeah, understand the pressure of the championship. Then we have Max here, who is fighting for his dear life <laughs> to get the, to break this chain of the Mercedes win. Yeah, so obviously these drivers will handle this championship pressure differently. Yeah, you will have one who's trying to scamper for the win, and we'll have one who's kind of taking a more calm approach to this, and you know, just basically thinking it through, thinking his um thoughts through, thinking his ideas through, thinking whatever he happens through, yeah, what he's doing through. So things like those, those are really those are things that need to come into hand, into uh, we need to think about as. We think about such a scenario and such of how drivers drive. It is not that their driving standards are down. Because you accuse Max of people, okay, Lewis Hamilton fans accuse Max of having low driving standards. But in I think it was Baku in 2017, Lewis break check Vettel when Vettel was in the Ferrari. And he did he did exactly what Verstappen did to him. Yeah. But then we do we did not criticize him as much at that time. Yeah. So 
I've also been thinking about it, and I've been thinking, could it be that the FIA, the stewards who made that decision to tell Max to let him over here, do you, there is a very high possibility that they were the ones at fault and not the drivers at fault. Why do I say that? How they communicated to the drivers was not fair. Lewis was supposed to overtake Verstappen. But in that scenario, Verstappen got told the message first before Lewis. Yeah. So Lewis uh, did not know what was happening when Verstappen started slowing down. You see? So Lewis had no idea what is happening. Him, he just knew, hey, by the way, um, I'm just supposed to uh, I'm just supposed to continue chasing down this guy, and the arrest zone is coming, uh, where I can get advantage. But then suddenly he sees Verstappen slow down and doesn't know what to do because the information, this critical information wasn't passed to him. Yeah. And we do understand that Michael Massey does a lot during the races, but I think he also needs to up his game and he cannot handle all the situations at once. You cannot handle this and this and this and this and this at once. Really, you have to have a structured approach in how some communication is done. For example, in such a situation, Lewis should have been told first that um, before even Verstappen, Lewis should have been told that, hey, by the way, um, yeah, you, you need to overtake this guy. You're supposed to get that position back. But he didn't. Yeah, and that's why we ended up, and the arrest zone was coming, so no one wanted to be in front of the other. Um, Verstappen wanted um, Lewis to overtake, so that once Lewis is ahead of him, they can get the advantage of the DRS. At the same time, Lewis doesn't want to overtake because he does not know, thus he's using the DRS as his decision maker. He wants Verstappen to be in the front so that he can gain advantage of his DRS. So you see, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, technicality that was involved in that uh, in that uh, situation there. But all in all, I believe that uh, out of all the reasons that we probably have given on air and off air and to our friends and on Twitter and all, really, Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton both had some fault to take. But the FIA had a greater fault, and I think that's something they should review even before, um, even before we go on to the other, the, the next races. Yeah, the other thing is the tire change rule. Once we have a red flag, you know, what do people think? Uh, no, uh, currently, currently, um, what happens is that. You could change a tire under a red flag situation, and that is the advantage that Verstappen got once he the red flag got called out and he had not pitted yet. You see, so a lot of the drivers are saying that it's very disadvantageous and it's a rule that should be changed at the end of the season, where drivers should not be allowed to change their tires at a red flag situation. You know, but different people have different thoughts about this thing about this idea so as i said guys join our discord community um tell us what do you think do you think the fia should scrap the rule that um tires should be changed under a flood situation or should it stay should it be like you know if you have a red flag you should be able to do um, repairs on your car as long as you're repairing them with the same same parts and not parts that give you an advantageous gain. 
and um, situations like those. So really, we had a crazy, crazy race, a very fun race. If you were to ask me, the person who I think should have won the race in that situation was um, Max Verstappen. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Max Verstappen because I'm a fan, but I'm saying Max Verstappen because um, of the situation, of, of the kind of driving that we saw from him on 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 on, on, um, on Sunday. We saw he won the driver of the day. He was quite quick, regardless of whether, no, even with this, with the idea that the Mercedes was much, much quicker and the Benzes were such quick, uh, much, much quicker, but he was still able to, you know, maneuver his way around the track and all. Okay, there might be some instances or scenarios where he went off track and probably gained an advantage, but that's because he was actually trying and, you know, pushing it, pushing it to the max. You know, because he did understand that they, he did not have the pace. He did not have the pace. So if you were to tell me, ask me who I thought should have won the race, I would have said Max. You know, but all in all, we still had Lewis win, and which is not a bad thing as well. Gives us a proper now championship fight as they fight to the line on on Sunday in Abu Dhabi. And um, who knows what this race holds for us? I mean. We have had a fantastic season and, you know, the fact that we are taking it all to the last race means that all these other races have been reduced to null. Like, they are now null and void. We are all depending on what happens in this final race, in the final race of the season, on the 30th title decider, all the championship, the season finale of the 2021 uh, championships. And really, I think as we go into Abu Dhabi, we also have to discuss the odds of the drivers winning. So um, if we look at the odds in this situation where we are at, um, Max could win if he gets um, P. Okay, whichever driver gets at this point, I think I'll just make it as simple as possible. Whichever driver gets P1 will win the championships. Why is that so? This is because they are tied in points and um, you know, they they have their tied points, and they have okay. Max has nine race wins, and Lewis has eight race wins. But by the time if Lewis gets to win the Abu Dhabi, they'll both have nine race wins, and Lewis will have more points. You see, but then Max has better odds. One reason being, um, Max has nothing to lose if um if he doesn't finish if both. Lewis and Verstappen don't finish the champion, don't finish the race, because he will still win, because he has more race, race wins, yeah? He has nine race wins, Lewis has eight. So he will still win if um, Hamilton does not, Hamilton, both of them don't finish, basically, yeah? Then, um, the fact that he has more race wins gives him an edge over Lewis, you know? But then, we also cannot... Um, put aside the race win momentum that Lewis has had for the past like four or five races. Lewis has been winning all through the time, all through the season. He has been winning. So we cannot put aside the fact that he has been winning for the past like four races. So the fact that he has that winning momentum, it's a very key thing by the way. It's not something to be like just crushed around and, and ignored the fact that he has those that momentum for winning, yeah. So 
all in all, as we go down to the end of the season, I want to wish all Formula One fans the best race, wherever you'll be watching it from at home, um, in the club, wherever. May the best race win. And may we have a good title fight to the end, to the end, to the last moment. And uh, the sad thing is we also have some sad situations that are coming about from this race as well. You know, it it is Valtteri Bottas' last race in in the Mercedes. It's George's last race in the Williams. It's Antonio's last race before joining Formula E. Um, it's Kimi Raikkonen's last race. I think that is now the most painful one. It's Kimi Raikkonen's last race in Formula One. And um, yeah, Max and Lewis are going to battle it out with equal points. I mean, this has never happened. We've never had such a eventful season. Uh, I think from 2016, since 2016, we haven't had such eventful season. So really, um, a heartbreak is guaranteed this weekend for some fans. Whoever fans it will be for Lenny Sana. But all in all, may the best racer win. And um, yeah, to pattern is after the race for a post-race review. And um, yeah, we see what happens after that. But I have been your host, Brian Kibet, aka your local Formula One guy, and catch you in the in the next race. Okay, I was about to say in the next race, but the next race is after that. So catch you after the next race. <laughs> Cheers, guys.